Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We are in the midst of our Advent series called Recapturing Glory, where we look at how God's glory shows up in the most unexpected of ways and spaces. We hope that through this series you will develop the ability to recognize the presence and goodness of God in your everyday life. We have Christine Gesham sharing a word today on glory in the supernatural. She invites you to be aware of the supernatural and be more obedient in the natural. Hi church, what a joy it is to share God's word with you today. As you know, we've been doing this series called Recapturing Glory. And over the next few weeks, we're going to continue to talk about this theme of glory, something that um, is often used in Christendom, but something maybe we have not really understood or really accepted in our lives. And last week, we looked at um, glory in the dirt, that even in the most grimy parts of our life, no matter what our history looks like, um, only Jesus can redeem all of that. And today, we're going to be looking at glory in the supernatural. And as I was preparing it um it was it was a heavy topic to prepare because i felt like i just scratched the surface and i also know that uh, the word supernatural is so misunderstood um you may be one of those people who completely ignores that word you say you know if i if i believe too much in it i sound like a heretic or maybe you're someone who's ignorant of it and blissfully ignorant of it um i don't know where you stand or maybe you only have heard of the word supernatural in connotation with a netflix show so wherever you stand um i want to open with this one verse John chapter 3 verse 6 in the passion translation it reads as this for the natural realm only gives birth to things that are natural but the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life this is jesus in conversation with nicodemus he's telling nicodemus you need to be born again and nicodemus didn't understand that and then jesus was talking about how he has to be born of the spirit and he explains that that the natural birth only gives birth to things that are natural but the supernatural birth that is the one that is born of the spirit that leads to a supernatural life so every one of us followers of jesus are called to live in the supernatural and if you look at the christmas story there are so many aspects of it which are beyond scientific explanation yes scientists have tried to explain uh, the virgin birth maybe they've said you know there's something called parthenogenesis where there is no fertilization and yet there's a uh the forming of 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 a offspring but that's never been studied in humans it's been studied in in certain fruits it's never been found in humans so the virgin birth is absolutely supernatural we have looked we see how there was a star a cosmic phenomenon an astrological sign which actually led many um magi from the east all the way to where jesus was actually led them to the exact location in a time where there was no gps a star led them purely supernatural and then what about mary and joseph being visited by angelic beings gabriel um bringing word to them of what was to come all of this screams the word supernatural and so where does the supernatural fit into our lives that's what we're going to be looking at today we looked at how in the mess of our lives we find um heaven touching earth and that's where we see glory We're going to also today look at how um everything that we as Christians endure, walk through, encounter, there are uh, elements of the supernatural. We cannot be ignorant of it. We cannot pretend it doesn't exist. We cannot um just breeze through life in the natural. We are called to live supernatural lives. 
And so one thing that was common when I was reading the different uh, nativity accounts, you know, from Matthew and from Luke, when you're looking at all of it, there's one very simple thread that you find. All of these players in that early um, story, in the story of Jesus' birth, encountered the supernatural and obeyed in the natural. It was not like the supernatural left them untouched. The supernatural moved them to obedience in the natural. Now, when you look at each of our lives, every one of us as humans, irrespective of our age, um, our backgrounds, God had a plan for us when he conceived us in our mother's womb. That's what the word of God says, that he knew us from before our parents knew of us. And he conceived us with a purpose. And by that logic, the enemy also had plans for us. He wanted to um, put down every plan that God had created for us. He wanted to nullify it. He wanted to steal, kill and destroy. And so as we walked through life, maybe you're 70, maybe you're 50, maybe you're 20. As you walk, you find that while you are doing certain things, you find opposition, you find struggles, you find setbacks. And as you grow in the Lord, you will discover that we are actually not fighting a war on the realm that we are at. It might look like we're warring with people and, you know, having hard times and relationships, but the war is actually in another realm. There is a spiritual realm that surrounds us where there is a battle for our souls. And if we are aware of it, it changes the game completely. And I believe the only way we can be aware of the supernatural is through the Holy Spirit. He is the one, he is the mediator. He is the guy who actually enables us to be aware of the supernatural. He's the one who reveals things to us so that we know that this is not all that there is. There is more. It's easy sometimes, you know, in the world, there are so many ways of channeling spirits, of accessing another realm. All of that, all of that, the Bible is very clear that sorcery and divination are things that God hates. But the Holy Spirit, God in spirit, he is a part of the Trinity. He is God uh, in all of its entirety. And he is the one who opens our mind's eye to the spiritual realm. He is the one who gives us understanding of things we cannot understand. He is the one when we read the word of God, gives us a fresh revelation about a verse we have read all our lives. He is the one who gives us strength and endurance for the road ahead. He is the one who gives us ability to discern the things that are not being said to us. The Holy Spirit is magnificent. As I was reading all of these scriptures, the one common thread was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who came upon, overshadowed Mary and the child was birthed, was, was conceived. The Holy Spirit revealed himself through the angel Gabriel to Joseph. Jo Joseph was actually convinced because the angel Gabriel said the Holy Spirit is going to bring this child about. Elizabeth encountered the Holy Spirit. Zechariah encountered the Holy Spirit. None of them accessed the supernatural on their own. They didn't have their own means. It was through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a life-giving spirit. He's a creative force. He's an agent of renewal. He's the one who actually cleanses us by a daily work of sanctification. We cannot do the Christian life alone. We cannot tread the balance of the natural and the supernatural worlds without the Holy Spirit. Because if we try to do it on our own, we'll break because the tension is so great. But with the Holy Spirit's help, he helps us do it so effortlessly. And so as we get into today's word, I want to leave this with you before we start that you would have a fresh awareness of the Holy Spirit, that you would 
draw yourself closer to him because he is right with you. The Holy Spirit is in you. He is the deposit given to you by Jesus at the time of your salvation. He is with you. He is in you. But how much are you aware of him? How much um, leeway do you give him in your life? Are you opened up to what he wants to speak to you? So often we we literally plug our ears with cotton plugs and say, you know what, I don't want to live in that space. I don't want to know all the extra stuff that is out there. I'm good with what I see. I'm good with what I just read. I'm good with what I do. But he's calling us into a greater awareness of him. And so if you ask me, but why? Why should I be so aware of the Holy Spirit? Is it necessary? Well, I believe it is. When we look at the story of three different characters that I'm going to look at today, each of them, were very aware of the Holy Spirit and they had experienced the Holy Spirit very closely. And so I want to leave this with you. The reason number one as to why we should be aware of the Holy Spirit is one, he prepares us. We're going to look at the life of Mary and you might ask me, what does he prepare us for? Well, he prepares us for the next season, the next level of spiritual growth, the next stage of our maturity. He doesn't leave us unprepared. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 35. This is what it says. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you and you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the son of the highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king on the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign as king of Israel forever and his reign will have no limit. Mary said, But how could this happen? I am still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy and he will be called the son of God. The angel spreads out for Mary a blueprint almost of what the next few years of her life is going to look like. The angel is telling Mary hey, this is who you're going to birth and this is how it's going to happen. He even gives her room to ask a question back and he expounds it so clearly for her. Did she have details of what his life was entirely going to look like? No. Did she know the struggle of labor? No. Did she know that she was probably going to have a lot of morning sickness and all the things associated with the pregnancy? No, he just said, this is what the next season looks like, prepare for it. And so it's very important that we encounter the Holy Spirit and we are in touch with him and aware of him because he does, truly does prepare us for the next season. We don't step into it unaware. So maybe that's why you're thinking, I've just been cruising through my seasons. I went through one hard season, then the next one was okay. And then the next one seemed better. And maybe you're thinking, I'm doing great. But the beauty of the Holy Spirit is that he knows the heart of God. He knows the mind of God. And so whatever the plans of the Father are for us, He reveals it to us beautifully. He might reveal it through His Word. He might reveal it through a dream. He might reveal it through someone who's trusted, who's a mature in the Lord. He could do it in any way. But are we listening? Are we aware? Mary was listening. 
Mary was in tune with the supernatural because she knew, okay, this word that is coming is important. And what is her reply was very interesting. She said, be it unto me according to your word. I am your servant. I will do whatever you ask me to do. And so it's very important that we remember that we need the Holy Spirit's guidance when a season shifts. We need the Holy Spirit's guidance when times are shifting in our life, when there's something new about to happen. We can't do it on our own. I, I uh, remember in the New Testament, there are occasions where Paul actually has a dream. The Apostle Paul actually says, there's a man in a dream from Macedonia saying, come to Macedonia. There's a time when he's on the ship and an angel of the Lord appears and says, you're going to be shipwrecked, but don't worry, you will not lose your life. God is in the midst of us and he's very interested in each of our lives. You may think I'm so small, no one knows about me. Why would God be interested in me? He is infinitely interested in you. He's infinitely involved in the tiniest aspects of your life. And so he wants to prepare you. But are you open to what the Holy Spirit wants to tell you? Are you opening yourself up to saying, you know what, Lord, I will listen for you to tell me what the season is about. It's important that we are aware of it, not because if I don't hear the Holy Spirit, I'll miss the season. It's not that. Please somehow get your attention. But when he prepares you, you can prayerfully seek him. You can wait on him. He will confirm things. He will strengthen your faith. He will help build endurance in you until that promise comes true. Until that thing he has said will happen. He prepares us. The first reason why we need to be in touch with the Holy Spirit and aware of him is because he prepares us for the next season. The second thing I believe that the Holy Spirit does is that he gives us profound insight. We're going to look at the life of Elizabeth. And you might ask me, what does he give me insight about? If I need insights, I can just, you know, Google it. Or I can just go to that app and, you know, figure out insights about my finances or, you know, the forecast about the future. I can check the weather app. I have insights on everything nowadays, at the, you know, just at my fingertips. When we talk about profound insight, he will actually open your eyes to see battles that are not even in your hands. He will show you what things to major on and what things to minor on. He will tell you, this is not really about what's happening. This is something else. He will show you things that your physical eyes cannot see. He will help you hear things that your physical ears cannot hear. Let's look at what Elizabeth encounters. Luke chapter 1 verses 39 to 45. Afterward, Mary arose and hurried off to the hill country of Judea, to the village where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Arriving at their home, Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the moment her aunt heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked. And suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all others, for your child is destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honor to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? The moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with joy. Great favor rests upon you, for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. It's interesting, if you look at the, the, the entire sequence of events, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. And it says, within a few days, she travels to the hill country of Judea. So, we don't know whether she had yet been overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, whether she had conceived the baby. We don't know any of that. Those details aren't given. But when she walks in the door, 
Elizabeth. In those days, there was no email or, you know, uh, a text. You can't drop in a text saying, hey, Elizabeth, guess what? I'm expecting the son of God. There was no communication. So she's going to this place, which is a long journey. She goes there. And when she walks in the door, the Holy Spirit anoints Elizabeth for her to actually see beyond the natural and prophecy over her niece. Isn't that powerful? It's such a moment. It's a God moment because there was no way Elizabeth knew. It was purely of God. It's a very powerful moment. It actually gives you goosebumps to think that these are women who are going to be bearing. One is bearing a forerunner. One is bearing the Messiah. And they're being joined together by the Holy Spirit. He's connecting them. He's speaking life over the other one. The older speaks life to the younger. Such a beautiful moment. But here's the thing I want to leave with you. Okay, the Holy Spirit helps us have profound insight, insight that we will not normally have. Even the wisest of us can miss some things, but the Holy Spirit, he's something else. When he anoints us, when he fills us, when he nudges us, he gives us insight that no app, no human, no sadhu, no, nobody can give us. The kind of insight he gives us is so powerful. It's interesting because a lot of times in the natural, we all live in the natural world. We have issues maybe with parents or with in-laws or with children or with friends. As you grow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you'll realize that your disconnects with people are not really about the people. There's another realm where the disconnect is actually being pushed from. And so when you realize that, you don't look at people as the enemy. You look at the enemy as the real enemy. When we look at issues happening that, that, you know, get pushed out on our newspaper outlets that come out on our media and we get so discouraged and think, what is this world coming to? The world is going from bad to worse. The Holy Spirit will give you insight to say, guess what? I have not stopped working. I am doing great things in people's lives. Don't give up hope. Don't think this is the end. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. He wants to flood our lives with profound insights, insights that no man can give us, insights that nothing else can, only he can, because he knows what's happening in every corner of the world. Recently, I was talking to an older auntie and it was so encouraging. She told me that she travels the globe and she said, uh, I was in this part, of particular part of the world and Tina, you should hear about what God is doing in people's lives around the globe. And it really did something to me because I was so down about hearing all the stuff that's been happening around our country in terms of, you know, the abuse of women, violence to women. I was so discouraged. But when I heard that, I was encouraged because I knew that while the world markets bad news, pushes bad news in our face, our God is operating on another level. And the beauty is that with the Holy Spirit's help, our eyes can be opened to things that we don't see ordinarily. And so if you are looking for that kind of space, if you're saying, I feel so hopeless in the natural, things that are happening are so horrendous. Can I ask that you will invite the Holy Spirit in and say, I need profound insight. Have you been reading the Bible? Just like it's it's a book that has to be read every morning because you're a Christian. What if you need to start reading it with profound revelation of the truth behind the words? What if you want to experience Jesus through this book? You need the Holy Spirit. You can't do it without him. He gives you profound insight. Maybe you've been battling with a spouse over a long time. Maybe you've been struggling with an adult child. Maybe you need to stop and say, Lord, what is really going on? Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Show me what is actually at stake here. 
it's amazing how he actually will do that he will show you what exactly is happening what you need to exactly pray for what you need to bind and loose here on earth and in heaven the third thing the third reason why we need to have the holy spirit why we need to be very aware of him is because he protects us why do, what does he protect us from you might ask i mean i seem pretty safe i have insurance i have um, you know alarm systems i'm good i have cctv cameras i'm safe it's interesting that he saves us from losing our destinies he protects us from missing our god given destinies that's what he does in the life of joseph i'm going to be reading two passages and as you read this i want you to look at the aspect of god's protection of his people of his chosen ones i want you to look at it from that aspect matthew chapter 1 verses 19 to 21 her fiance joseph was a righteous man full of integrity and he didn't want to disgrace her but when he learned of her pregnancy he secretly planned to break the engagement while he was still debating with himself about what to do He fell asleep and had a supernatural dream. An angel from the Lord appeared to him and said, "Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate to take Mary into your home as your wife, because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Savior, for he is destined to give his life to save his people from their sins." When Joseph woke from his dream, he did all that the angel of the Lord instructed him to do. he took mary to be his wife continuing matthew chapter 2 verses 13 19 to 22 after they had gone joseph had another dream an angel of the lord appeared to him and said get up now and flee to egypt take mary and the little child and stay there until i tell you to leave for herod intends to search for the child to kill him after herod died an angel of the lord appeared again to joseph in a dream while he was still in egypt saying go back to the land of israel and take the child and his mother with you for those who sought to kill the child are dead so he awoke and took jesus and mary and returned to the land of israel but when he heard that archelaus herod's son had succeeded him as ruler over all the territory of juda he was afraid to go back then he had another dream from god warning him to avoid that region and instructing him instead to go to the province of galilee and then right after that it says and so it was fulfilled that he will be a nazarene because jesus was brought up in nazareth who took him to nazareth safely it was his father he was instructed in a dream to take him to nazareth it's very interesting that in the beginning he actually such a decent good man he didn't want to do anything publicly to harm mary because already her being pregnant was damaging to her social status it was so um um ridiculously scandalous He didn't want to do anything to ruffle her feathers more. He just wanted to quietly back out. And had he done that, it would have left Jesus illegitimate on earth. It would have left her marred and scarred by scandal for the rest of her life. And so God was very insistent that Joseph step into his role as a husband, to step into his role as a father because he needed to protect his son who had come to earth. It's beautiful how he directs him to marry her and says it's from me you just do your job and then the next stage after jesus is born and herod is in on an all out you know uh, agenda against babies god moves him out says take the child and run very rarely does god say run from something right but in this case he says pick the child and leave in the night and they actually fled to egypt again that fulfills a prophecy which says out of egypt i called my son 
And so if you look at it, there's destiny written all over this. Of course, Jesus' ministry only started 30 years later, but he needed to be protected as an infant, as a fetus. He needed to be protected as an infant. He needed to be protected as a toddler so that he will fulfill this beautiful destiny that his father had kept for him. And the one that he used for that was Joseph. Joseph needed to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He needed to be aware of the supernatural so that he will obey what the Lord tells him. And so today I want to ask you, how sensitive are you to the Holy Spirit? Because there is a genuine war against your destiny. There is a genuine all-out marked attack to hit you right where it hurts. If the enemy can hit you with discouragement, if he can hit you with anger, if he can hit you with unresolved bitterness, you may never see that brilliant destiny that the Lord has planned for you. So when you realize there's an all-out war against you, you become more avid. So often the apostles write, they say, be sober-minded, be watchful. The enemy is like a lion waiting to see who he can devour, which means while we do the things we do, we watch, we wait, we pray, we are alert. Being sober-minded doesn't mean we get, it means that we don't get drunk on things that happen in the world, but we are alert to what the enemy's ploys are. And we're also alert to what the Holy Spirit's plans for us are. And so you step and stand in that alertness. You stand in that place of saying, Lord, I will fight the good fight of faith. I will not give up. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, it explains this very clearly, what this battle that we are in looks like. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. Believe me when I say the battle is real. The attack all around us, is it's real. Sometimes we just feel maybe an inkling of it. But the protection that the Lord offers us is real as well. He, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, it says. And that is true. When you come into the family of God, you have the protection of all of heaven. But it's very important to be sensitive to the supernatural because he will alert you of certain things that are coming at you. He will alert you to certain things that you could fall into and cause harm to yourself. He will alert you of how you can actually have a proper battle strategy to push back. It's beautiful that Joseph was so sensitive. And because of his sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, because he was aware of what he was charged with, that he stepped in to protect his wife and child. When we are in touch with the Holy Spirit, he will communicate things to us that we will be completely unaware of otherwise. I have personally experienced this in my life. And so when I when I teach today's uh, word, it comes from a place of knowing this to be true. About five years back, um, I was at a holiday with my family and we were at a resort. It was a very relaxed holiday. It was in Kerala. And um, on the last day of my holiday, I remember having a very terrible dream. It was a nightmare. And in the dream, I had fallen down and my best friend from college was, was standing right beside me. And she said, oh, my God, Christine, you've had a stroke. I remember waking up. I still remember the dream. I know that when a dream stays, it's something God wants to speak to me. So I remember get going down for breakfast that morning. I told my husband about it. He he didn't really you know dwell on it. He said, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. I told my dad about it as well. And he too was a little alarmed. But he said, I don't think you need to worry about it. But what I did was that morning when I returned to the room, I journaled it in. 
And I said, I don't know why I had that word stroke stand out to me a lot, but please protect me. And over the next few months, I had two more dreams. Someone very close to me also had a dream about um, an attack that was coming directed at me. Um, and I had another dream where something dark actually tried to f- kill me. And so I remember just being overwhelmed by these dreams and I didn't want to give too much credence to it. I don't know whether it was just me. I'd watched something violent and maybe that that was why it was, you know, coming up in my dreams. Anyway, I journaled everything that I had. And for the next one and a half years, I prayed very specifically. I said, Lord, whatever is coming against me, I don't know what it is, but protect our family, keep us together, protect our marriage. I specifically asked God to protect me from a stroke. Fast forward to about 18 months from that day. Um, I was taken into the hospital. The doctor is checking my MRI scan and he's telling me with shock. He says, I don't know how your aneurysm didn't rupture. It's a very differently shaped aneurysm. I don't know how it didn't rupture. It's a miracle you have not had a stroke. Can you believe it? 18 months prior to that, the Lord had actually shown me what was coming. He had shown me to prepare me. He had given me insight as to what I need to pray, what my strategy would have to be. And he protected me. It was not a medical miracle that I didn't have a stroke. It was purely a Holy Spirit mediated miracle. It was the it was the God of heaven and earth protecting me. If he could do that for me, if he could do that for someone inconspicuous in one small part of the world, he can do it for you. Because he's such a relational God. He's so involved in our little lives. We think it's nothing, it's insignificant, but your life is of crazy significance to the God of the universe. He intends to protect you. He intends to protect your destiny. And the Holy Spirit is the one who does that. He is the one who steps in to open our eyes to the supernatural. He's the one who protects us. He's the one who gives us profound insight. He is the one who prepares us for our assignments. And so as I close, I want to read from Ezekiel chapter 47. It's one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible. I've never understood it until recently. And as I've understood it, it's my desire to share it with you. Ezekiel 47 is 12 verses, but I want you to read it with um, your imagination opened up to what this looks like. Okay. If, If Ezekiel 47, 1 to 12, the river of healing. In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1750 feet and led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. And another 1750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1750 feet and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching son of man? Then he led me back along the river bank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. 
The waters of the stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea. All the way from En Gedi to En Eglim, the shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified, they will still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. So this is a picture of who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is is compared to the river of God. And the beautiful thing is that where the Holy Spirit goes, he brings life. Did you see that? Where he goes, swarms of fish. This is a dead sea, nothing grows in it. But when this river flows in, it brings freshness, it brings life, it brings health, it rejuvenates, it restores. And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. When we are connected to him, when we are connected to him, when we are aware of him, the insight he provides us is fresh. It's life-giving. When he reveals things to us about the future, he's doing it with the intention of blessing, of enlarging our territory, of doing great things in us. And when he desires to protect us, it's because he loves us so deeply. He cares so deeply because this is who the Holy Spirit is. Life-giving, creative, energetic. And it's beautiful because it also says there, it talks about the depth of the river. So it starts out as a trickle, then it becomes ankle depth, then knee, then waist, and then neck deep. You had to swim. And I want to leave this with you. Some of us have been very content with experiencing the trickle of the Holy Spirit. Well, yes, I got saved. I know he lives in me. That's it. Period. Full stop. Nothing more. I believe God is calling us to move into a deeper step, taking a deeper step into the anointing. He's saying you've been content with the trickle, but I want to bring it up to your ankle. Maybe you've been at the ankle depth. He's saying, I want to bring it up to your knee. Maybe you've been at the knee level where you, you've been moving in the Holy Spirit's power. Maybe you know the things he has for you. But he's saying, son, daughter, I want to bring it up to your neck. I want you to swim in the anointing. I want you to move so powerfully that it will not be about your abilities, your strength. It will be purely about me. He's calling us into greater anointing. He's saying, saturation is great, but I want to pour it out over you. I want to do greater things with you. And you will only do that with my Holy Spirit's strength. And the beautiful thing is that he leads us. And it's up to us whether we follow him in. Remember what I said at the beginning that each of these characters in the early life of Jesus were aware of the supernatural and they obeyed in the natural. Will you and I allow ourselves to open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and will we obey the Holy Spirit when he leads us into deeper waters of his anointing? You might be a a person who works a nine-to-five job. You may be a mom of young children. You might be a single parent. You might be a new divorcee. I don't know what your role is right now. Maybe you feel, I just don't have time for this. But the Holy Spirit is saying right where you are at, I will meet you there. I will flood you with my presence, with my power. 
with my vitality. There are areas in our lives, all our lives, which are dead, which we have marked as cordoned off as no need of the Holy Spirit here. I'm good. But he's saying, lift those gates up because I want to come in. I want to flood your life. Marshy lands in our life, parts of our heart that are like swamps. The Holy Spirit wants to come in and bring life. Parts of our life are like the Dead Sea. It's just been absorbing things. We grab, we take, but we have not been giving. The Holy Spirit is saying, I want to come in and make it fresh. I want to revitalize. I want to rejuvenate. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. If you want to experience glory in the supernatural, we have to allow the Holy Spirit in. Maybe you've been saying, my life has been so ordinary. It's been so blah. And it's fine right where you are at, right where you are at, the Holy Spirit will meet you. He wants to open up your mind's eye to greater things that are ahead. And the beautiful thing is, you know, I I love watching people in our church because those are the people we interact with the most. I love watching how people are in different stages of the anointing of God on their lives. And so we have some aunties and uncles who are operating in a greater anointing where they don't just pray for the things that concern them but they're able to see what God is doing in the nation. Some of them see what God is doing in the nations of the world. God breaks their heart for a particular nation. God breaks their heart for a particular generation. God breaks their heart for a particular issue in society. And that shows that the anointing is increasing, that they're getting ready to swim. And so what is it? What stage do you find yourself at? Have you just been tipping your toes in the anointing and saying, Holy Spirit, I just need you for my job interview. Holy Spirit, I just need you to help me finish my PhD because you're the giver of wisdom. Can I ask that you would invite him into your parenting? Can I ask that you would invite him into your marriage? Could I ask that you would invite him into your planning for Christmas? Could I ask that you would invite him into that hospital visit? when you're going to visit your diagnostician, that you would invite him in and say, Holy Spirit, give me that insight I need. I can't see things. The doctor's not telling me everything I need to know, but you know me inside out. Show me what I need to know. Lord, what is this next season going to look like? A new year. I don't know what lies around the corner. Give me preparation. Show me what I should do. Show me how I should pray. Holy Spirit, open up my mind's eye to show me what The battle is I'm facing right now. I feel like I've been cornered on all sides. Everything seems to be going wrong. What's really going on? Holy Spirit, show me. He's a God who is so interested in each of our lives. We need to come back to this place of saying, I realize that I'm loved. I realize that I'm seen. I realize that you care so deeply, Lord. Maybe people have shown me that they don't care. Maybe my family has abandoned me, but God, you don't. So can we come back to a place of asking for more of the Holy Spirit? Maybe you come from a background where the Holy Spirit has not been talked about. We cannot do our Christian life without him. He is all God. He is no inferior part of the Godhead. He is all God and we need him. Jesus told the people at the temple, he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me from out of me will spring rivers of living water. Only Jesus, only Jesus can give us the Holy Spirit. Only Jesus can fill us with the Holy Spirit to the point where we become a blessing for the nations of the world. So can we pray together and ask that the Holy Spirit will become so real to us, that we will be so aware of him, 
And in being aware of him, we'll be ready to follow where he leads. Can we pray together? Father, I just thank you for all that you have spoken to us. We thank you for the role models that we have, oh Father, in, in each of these characters. And Father, each of us right now come before you humbly asking that we would have more of the Holy Spirit. Forgive us when we have turned our face at him, when we have looked at the notion of the Holy Spirit and turned up our nose. Forgive us. Forgive us. Lord, we want a greater anointing. We want to move to the next stage of the anointing. We want more of him. We want to involve the Holy Spirit in every area of our lives. Help us. Help us. Holy Spirit, we invite you in that you would bring life to the dead parts of our heart. Bring life to the dead parts of our lives. Broken parts only you can fix, Lord. Holy Spirit, we pray that like that river of life, you will bring healing into our hearts and that we will be channels of blessing. We will be channels of healing. That our fruit will be tasted by many and they will find you, Jesus. We commit ourselves into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have an amazing week. As you prepare for Christmas, can I ask that you will invite the Holy Spirit in to reveal more of the supernatural to you so that you live prepared, you live insightful, and you live protected. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.